Attention HR professionals. Are you tired of dealing with poor performance from your managers? Are you sick of having managers run to you for every single little problem? Would you like to build the confidence and competence of your management team? If so, then contact Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, we specialize in building up the skills and confidence of your organization's managers. We do this through our popular Driving Results on-site training programs, our signature program, the Video-Driven Boss Builder Academy, and we even license our course materials so you and your internal training staff can get those managers confident and competent. For more information on how we can help you improve the performance of your organization's managers, contact us today at www.thebossbuilders.com or at 931-221-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who are in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the transition to management. As the boss, you will learn very quickly that if you don't communicate well, things are not going to go very well for you. Our guest today, Shelly Bauer, argues that by using integrity-based communication, you can be more assertive and more effective in getting your voice out there. Shelly is the author of Integrity-Based Communication. She's a consultant, trainer, and speaker out of Memphis, Tennessee. I met Shelly about a year and a half ago at a conference, and her interview is really interesting because it gives you a whole new perspective on how to be your true self and how to speak for your true self when you need to talk to people and get a message across. At the end, she'll give you information on where to get her book, and she'll talk about her model in great detail, and I think it's a very powerful model. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Shelly Bauer. Shelly Bauer, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mac. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm really glad we had a chance to get you on the show. You and I met at an ATD meeting in Memphis, I guess it was a year and a half ago or so, and we've sort of stayed in touch on LinkedIn, but it's great to be able to have you on the show. And the topic we're going to look at in our time together today is something called integrity-based communication, and you've actually written a book which is titled Integrity-Based Communication. So let me ask you, what prompted you to write a book like that? Well, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Mac, but I was at a stage in my life where I hit the wall and I was smart enough to ask for help. And at that time, it was 1994, and I met Brian Tracy in person. And yes, and in the course of going through a workshop with him, he came to a question that to me is one of the most important questions that we could ever ask anybody who's having challenges. And that is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And at that time, I was in a place of ambiguity and career transition and personal transition. It was almost like automatic writing, Mac. I wrote down, I would write a book that would change people's lives for the better. And from a purely confessive point of view, I have to admit there was still a monkey on my shoulder saying, who's going to listen to you and what are you going to write about? And, uh, you know, it just, it, it stuck with me. It took 10 years to get it in, in print, but I got a lot of clarity 
because he asked that question, I was able to move from being in an ambiguity state to one of clarity. Took me a while, but it was worth it. Well, let's talk about that, that moving from place of ambiguity to clarity. What's another way we could look at that? What's another application we might find for that? Well, um, the application that I had that I really was a a huge component of um, using this book, not only for people personally who wanted to get clarity in their lives and really manifest what they wanted in their personal life, I started using it on the corporate level. And um, I had been a corporate vice president of communications early in my career. And the CEO that I reported to was a bully. I was the only woman vice president. And so I was the one who every day at 7.30, every weekday, I was being debriefed. And one day I confronted him about his behavior. It, I knew that he could fire me. I knew he might even yell at me, but, um, but I confronted him and he surprised me. He said, why do you let me do it? And it was like, whoa, I didn't expect that answer. For me, that was a real shift. It was a breakthrough moment when I realized that I didn't have to put up with disrespectful behavior or inappropriate behavior. And I like to look back now and say, you know, up until that moment, I had largely lived my life by default. That is saying not this, not that. But when he... um came back with that answer. It was so empowering. It gave me a mind shift. It allowed me to start seeking what I really wanted in my life, personally and professionally. And I was able to start being very focused on what living on purpose would look like instead of living by default. So that that, uh, change in mindset really became a driver for everything that's happened since and the desire to help others have their own shifts in consciousness and behave differently to get different results. Well, that's pretty powerful that your boss would just flat out say, how come you let me do it? I guess you got some clarity on that one, didn't you? <laughs> it, it really was very encouraging. It was very surprising. Well, let's talk about the, the book title then. The book is entitled Integrity-Based Communication. So how did you come up with the title? You know, I'm not sure... I played with a lot of titles, but by the time I was writing the book, integrity was a really important core value for me. I would say it was my number one core value because I wasn't willing to lie to myself. And a lot of us are dishonest with ourselves and we're not even aware of it. So once I moved into that level of self-awareness, I was able to say, I'm not going to do this. And instead, I'm going to do this. So when I use the word integrity as it relates to communications, it's not just being truthful. It's not just being authentic. It's, it's actually being so self-aware that you check yourself at the door with your energy, you know, your words, your tone of voice, your body language, certainly. But there's an energy that each of us carry with us when we walk into the room. And if you and I were walking into the room and seeing each other, we'd be excited, we'd be energized, we'd be thrilled to see one another. But I'm willing to bet there are people who are listening to the podcast thinking, oh my gosh, 
when I walk into a room, I see Joe Jones and I just turn around and walk out the door because I don't want to be in his presence. It's that energy that people sense. Um, I like to say it's a gut feeling because I've, I've known it for a long time now. When you know that there's something disingenuous or something that just doesn't feel right. And that's, that's a lack of integrity because what we're doing energetically is not in alignment with what's coming out of our mouth or the body language that we're exhibiting. Wow. I guess that would take, well, it's a great answer. I guess it just it would require a great deal of um, self-awareness then, wouldn't it? Well, yes. And I, I think, you know, this journey is for other people now, but for me, it took me 10 years to get the first book in print. And then it was another nine years before I upgraded the content so that it could be more um, more well-received in a corporate environment. Well, let's talk about the title. So you you wrote you well, you wrote the first one in two thousand four, and then you wrote uh, you you did a, a, re, a I guess a revision in twenty thirteen. So did the titles change at all? Well, the first one was really about my self awareness and 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 getting clarity for my own life. So the subtitle was using truth to get what you really want. That example with the CEO bully allowed me for the first time ever, I think, in a corporate environment to go, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to accept this behavior. But in 2013, the subtitle was using truth to build high trust relationships. So it was more of a uh, a business corporate application, but I didn't give up any of the personal storytelling in the original book. Well, let's talk about integrity-based communications. So can you share a personal story about how this has served you and your clients early in your business? Yes, I can. Um, in the in the early days of my company, when I was still in the marketing communications arena, I was very clear that I wanted to land a big whale, but it was the the exciting part of it was it was an entrepreneurial company. I mean, I could see the case study. It was an entrepreneurial company. I would help um, name the company. I would help position the company. I would I would begin with writing the helping them write the business plan and the marketing communications plan, and I was so excited. I was connected through a, a mutual friend who was a radio station owner. And it was really a perfect match. And, uh, you know, I confided in her because she was one of my best friends. And I said, this is the dream client that I'm looking for. So she made the introduction and um, it was so much fun. I mean, I got to do everything, uh, including television and radio and print advertising. And they even asked me to be their on-air talent for television, which was not something I asked for, but it was a lot of fun. My day-to-day contact with the client was the CEO, but the, I started having a problem when they stopped paying me on time, and it was the CFO who was doing the stalling. So when I couldn't get paid, I realized that even though I was a small agency, this could put me out of business. So I, I asked for a meeting with the CEO, and it was a hard conversation because I knew that I might be walking away from a client. I told him how much I loved working with them, how rewarding it had been to help him build the business from scratch. But I ended the, ended the conversation saying, but I cannot allow my business to suffer or fail because 
for some reason, the CFO has stopped paying me and I can't get his attention. Well, he was totally in the dark and totally floored when I, you know, shared this information with him. I was not only paid promptly, the CFO lost his job. But if I hadn't dealt with the issue directly with the CEO, I could have ended up going out of business. And instead, thanks to my willingness to have a difficult conversation, it allowed us to move ahead and both companies grew and thrived together as opposed to my deciding to walk away or worse yet, letting my company go down the drain. Well, I was just going to say back then, you know, the the big agencies, you know, had a code of ethics about how they would pay and everything. I was a little guy, but I was still acting on a very above board ethical standard because I wanted people to say, boy, she may be small, but she is mighty and she really does business the way I want her to. So anyway, that's a little caveat. Well, that's what I was going to say. In both of the examples you gave us, you are you're saying it's integrity-based communication, but it sounds like it takes a great deal of assertiveness to say, you know, why are you bullying me? And hey, when the heck am I going to get paid? Those are some pretty scary encounters, but you're framing that into the idea that integrity, it sounds like means that I'm going to be true to myself and speak up for myself. Did I get that right? Or am I way off on that? Yes, you did. And yes, you did. And the first behavior in that six behavior model is to tell your truth quicker, faster. And uh, the redundancy is intentionally because the more quickly I'm willing to tell you what's on my mind in a respectful and kind way, the faster you're going to get who I am and go, whoa, that was that was a difficult exchange. But I really appreciate her coming from we didn't beat around the bush and it didn't take us 30 days to get to the root of the problem. Yeah, it does. It does. But it's so simple. It's a simple six behavior model that, you know, we we grew up hearing about George Washington and chopping down the apple tree and telling the truth. I mean, this is not new stuff. It's just when you get into a scary place where there's an emotional or psychological or monetary um, threat, if it doesn't go well, then we have a tendency to back off. Certainly, you and I live in the South, and some of us have been trained to go along to get along. And that doesn't work in business. It doesn't work in building authentic relationships, whether it's personal or professional. But I had to be very simple to, uh, to, to put these behaviors in a way that people can go, oh, yeah, I, I understand what that means. So telling your truth quicker, faster, and asking for what you want are the first two behaviors. And when we are willing to do that on a consistent pay, uh, consistent basis, people get to know who we are. You know, it's like there's, there's nothing hiding behind the curtain. You're willing to put it out on the table and it gives people permission to do the same because you're modeling that behavior. You're letting it be safe to disagree in a respectful way. You're letting it to be safe to ask for something that maybe you would have been too timid or afraid to ask for. But all that's going to happen is you might get told no. Well, then maybe you ask it a different way. So telling your truth quicker, faster, asking for what you want, lets people to get to know who you are. And then the next two behaviors are where people get to not only know you, but like you. And the reason is the third behavior is to ask questions. And it's not just asking questions for information. 
It's not just asking questions for curiosity. It's to get clarity from your conversation partner. And most importantly, uh, well, and information too, information and clarity, but to go deeper and to uh, what I think is most important is find out what's driving people, what's motivating them. Uh, Psychologists say we do things for one of two reasons. It's to gain pleasure or it's to avoid pain. Well, that's a very different come from if, if you're being driven by pain instead of pleasure. So my job is to ask questions and use my two ears and one mouth in direct proportion to the way I was created and listen more because the more I'm willing to ask questions that are relevant, that really speak to what's in the heart and mind of my conversation partner, the more they like me because they, I'm interested in them. They're getting to talk about what they want to talk about. The paired behavior is to pay attention. And this really was my pain point long before the, you know, the bully boss. Um, I didn't want to confront him. Everybody had their turn in the barrel. It's not like I was the only one being bullied. But when it was my turn in the barrel, other people were getting a break. So when when it kept on happening repeatedly um, and I wasn't paying attention and doing anything, doing anything about it, then it was going to keep on keeping on. If I hadn't intervened, you know, it, it could have been a whole lot worse. So um, when the same thing keeps happening and we get the same result, that's a def- uh, definition of what? Insanity. And it, <laughs> so we're not paying attention. And to my way of thinking now, not paying attention means living by default, as I said earlier. And I want to live my life on purpose. I want to be awake. I want to be aware. I don't want to tell people how to live their lives. But I've, you know, I've been through pain to purpose. And I'm, you know, that's part of my mission now. In fact, my purpose in life is to experience connection. And on a higher level, it's to experience divine connection. So every, you know, you can put it out there and you can offer it. The things that that I've just been talking about doesn't mean everybody's going to receive it any more that it meant that the CEO was going to back off and, you know, really give me a kudo for confronting him. So telling your truth quicker, faster, asking for what you want lets people get to know you better. When you're willing to ask questions and really pay attention to what they're seeking and, and going even deeper and asking for clarity. And for me, Mac, you know, I, I do network a lot. And sometimes I have to pull myself out of a situation to take notes so that I remember who asked for what resource so that I can follow up. It's, you know, that's just a real simple little business application. But when we get to the last two behaviors, that's where the rubber really meets the road. Because when we are able to prove that we keep our agreements and that we're willing to bust ourselves and and apologize when we, when we, you know, weren't accountable for the consequences of our choices, um, that's where people go, you know what? One of the things that I really like about Shelley Bauer is, if she, if she makes an agreement and something comes up along the way, I'm going to be the second person to know about it. And the best example I can give of that was um, I used to be an international trainer for a company out in California. And one weekend, um, my father died on a Sunday night, and I was supposed to be in New Mexico the following weekend doing a two-day training. 
And as soon as I hung up talking to my mom, I knew I was going to Texas for a week. And I called the national training director on the East Coast. So it was 10 o'clock Central Time. It was 11 o'clock at night, Eastern Time. And Bev said, I can't believe your dad just died and you are calling me to let me know. And I said, well, Bev, I know you're going to have to replace me as a trainer. And I know you're going to have to pay a more expensive airfare. The least I could do was let you know as soon as I knew. Do you think my reputation went up in her eyes or went down? Oh, it was probably sky high. (laughs) And that's one of the things that if we are willing to, you know, recognize that when we don't keep an agreement, it's impacting someone in some way. And they are they are due the respect of knowing that 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 agreement needs to be renegotiated before the deadline or as soon as you know about it. And to be willing to say when you walk in on Monday morning and realize that you didn't do something you promised you would do over the weekend, instead of going to the water cooling and watching people darting their eyes at you and, you know, being a slug, (laughs) you step up and say, I apologize. I made a mistake and I, and I ask for your forgiveness. That takes a leader. That's what a leader does. They're willing to own the consequences of their choices. I'm just thinking, Shelley, how powerful that would be if a boss was to be that open when they've made a mistake to admit it. I don't think I've ever worked for anybody quite like that. That, that seems like that would also be very impactful. What do you think? I, I think it is too. And when I do this in uh, small groups, in a leadership foundations kind of uh, situation, I use these last two behaviors as an example of using a mastermind process. I say, how often do you get together as a team? Oh, well, we get together on a weekly basis. And I said, do you think you could allow one minute per person to have a high accountability tool that you could use? Well, sure, we could do that. And I'm going to say there's more to it than just conveying information. It's it's taking ownership. Everybody has ownership. And so what I have them do is come prepared to talk about their win of the week, their challenge of the week, and their request of the week. And the first time this kind of happened spontaneously in a group of women who were direct reports to a woman who was a director and normally I wouldn't have I wouldn't have mixed the director and the managers, but the director had been my private coaching client and we just <laughs> she was a rock star at a spine conference. And, you know, I just knew her so well um, working with her on that project that I said, Elizabeth, I really think this would be a bonding opportunity for you with your women direct reports before we do the presentation skills for the whole department because they were all in medical education. And so when I was talking about it, one of the women said, um, well, you know, if we do this every week and, you know, I'm coming in with my win and I'm coming in with my challenge and I'm coming in with my request, what if you see that other people aren't doing that? And I said, well, they'll out themselves. And she said, what do you mean by that? And I said, my friend, if you are putting meat and potatoes on the table every single week and someone over here is just sprinkling Fritos, everybody's going to know it, not just you. So the person who thinks they're, they are hiding, they can't, they can't get away with it anymore. And what you hope is that they, this culture grows and they will not be able to hide anywhere in this company. 
and they'll free themselves up for another opportunity. The same person said, well, what do you mean by that? I said, they'll realize that this behavior is not going to be tolerated anymore, that everybody has a job and everybody has to be 100% in. And I said, they'll leave the company. And I said, and everybody will say hooray, especially HR. And that's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. But to, to be able to give people the courage to say, the win of the week doesn't have to be that you met a sales goal or you met a project deadline ahead of the expected uh, deadline. It could be that you're traveling with your daughter's um, gymnastics team and you're a physical therapist and you, you know, whatever, that, that you're doing something that's beyond the expected. And, and you come in that day, you go, I don't know if y'all know this, but I have been traveling with my daughter's gymnastics team for, for weekends, for years. And um, my husband's a physical therapist and he travels with us too. When they get injured, they don't have to stop training or competing. We just work around the injury. These are the Olympiads of the future. These are the young women who are going to get full rides for what they're doing. And we just won the regional championships. Do you think that would be important for your teammates to know about you? That, you know, maybe you were seen as the person who didn't want to do things on the weekends. And now you understand a bigger why of who that person is and what they're all about. Well, I mean, it, it opens up a whole new perspective, but I think the other thing it does too is it, it seems like it would encourage others to be more open as well. Exactly. Because when a, a shy wallflower who doesn't usually speak up says, I know that you guys notice that I don't speak up as, as much as all of y'all do, but I have just been asked to serve on a committee at my church that's going to make me have to do I'm going to have to run a meeting every month and give a report. And, and it just terrifies me to think about it. But I, some of you are so competent as speakers. You know, would someone just sit down and have coffee with me and, and, and give me a path and a plan? Help me get over this, this terrifying, paralyzing fear that I have of talking in front of people? Well, of course they are. They're going to be people who have been to Toastmasters and they're going to be people who want to mentor her and help her grow. So it may be that, that it's driven by an assignment she's been given by her church leadership, but instead, you know, she's going to grow as a human being and as a leader who will be a leader of others. Take a group of people that work together for eight hours a day and, and open up a whole new perspective on them. And I guess I'm, I'm kind of putting the pieces together here that if you had that kind of a culture, then there would be no need for the boss to tell you, I was wondering how long I could push you because that would never be an issue. And it seems like so much of the unsaid would be said and, and things would work better. You describe a pretty, you describe a pretty perfect world there, Shelley. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm not striving for perfection, but I certainly am striving for excellence. And I, and I love giving people the tools that make sense to them that they can use in their lives. I mean, you know, it doesn't just work uh, when you're a brand new supervisor on a job being the boss for the first time. It actually works when you go home and you talk to your teenager about an issue he or she may be having, um, you know, at school or, or on the sports team or acting out in whatever way. It's it, it 
it can go with you anywhere. Well, let's talk about application then. So uh, what is your favorite type of client today? Because now this is something that you teach and you coach. So tell us about that. My favorite kind of client today is someone who has become has this little this little conversation going on in their mind that they're not good enough or they don't have what it takes. Uh, they may be in a role, they've got the title, but they're not feeling secure about it. And part of what I like to be able to do is help people discover their strengths, even though I'm not certified to administer strength finders. It's something that I've used in mentoring for 10 years at the University of Memphis in the Mile Leadership Program, where the students are paired with business leaders and they're usually uh, rising seniors. And um, the university actually prints business cards for each of the students in the program every year. And on the front, it's very official. It's got the University of Memphis logo and it's got their name and their contact information. And then on the back, it lists their five strengths. And it's a powerful way for them to be able to have a meaningful, relevant conversation with a prospective um, internship grantor or employer or whatever. That's one of the things that I love to do is, yes, we are going to be expected to improve some things that are required for our job. But if we play to our strengths, as opposed to always worrying about not being good enough, um, the Elizabeth that I talked about earlier, the director with the, with the, whose team I worked with, the all women team, um, the vice president who had brought me in for the internal leadership program, um, they were doing the equivalent of a, an MBA in spine and it lasted for six months. And then every person in the program would go through the equivalent of comp boards. And once they passed, then they would come to me. The first year they found that um, the people were certainly smarter, but they didn't know how to apply it. So let's say they're at a trade show and they're standing next to a physician who recognizes the company name because it's the biggest and baddest in the world. And a conversation gets started. This person may be an engineer. This person may be an event planner. They don't have anything to do. Sales is not in their title. And yet they have great influence depending on how they handled the interaction with the spine surgeon who is an innovator for the company as an independent consultant. Um, so I like to help people uncover what's holding them back. And in the case of Elizabeth, she was getting ready to make a presentation to 300 spine surgeons at the National Association um, of Spine Surgeons Conference. And we had a very quick turn time. The VP who, who knew of my work through Leader Me said, I want you to work with Elizabeth. This is an amazing opportunity for her. And she, I mean, her next level is VP. This could absolutely change the trajectory and the speed of her career. And the speech wasn't even done yet. Um, but what I was focusing on was not the content. I was focusing on the con on the on the uh, process, the delivery, what she was doing to sabotage herself when she was standing in front of the room. Uh, what she was doing from a body language point of view, from an audience engagement point of view. And we only had four sessions together. And I texted her the morning of the talk out in California. And I said, look at the back of the room. I'm right there with you. And I'm the one holding the balloons. 
And when she got through with the presentation, she texted me back and she used an expletive about how she kicked (laughs) and how excited she was that she absolutely knocked it out of the park. So that's, I mean, that's what I love when people get results, when they're willing to try something new to get a different result that's going to that's going to really make their lives better and it when it makes their lives better it makes everybody in their circumference a little bit better yeah that does make sense well shelly we've enjoyed having you on the show so tell us how can my audience get a hold of you to either get some training from you some coaching or most importantly buy that book Buy the book. Well, they can go to Amazon.com and both both titles are in there, um, but they can also go to my website. Uh, the website gives them the opportunity to get um, a digital download for a little bit less money. And it's ShellyBauer.com, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-B-A-U-R.com. Um, I also have um, regular postings called Honest Conversations. That's what I use on LinkedIn. You've seen that before. But it's also the whole, the whole catalog is on the website. And um, it'll let them see, like recently someone was yes. wanting me to do some sexual harassment training and was connecting me with an attorney. 30 minutes before the meeting, I sent him the link to Would You Rather Educate or Litigate? He loved it. He loved it. And he said, you know, I want to have the one hour presentation that's to um, the C-suite and the managers. And he said, but I don't want to go in and train 144 employees on the history of um, sexual harassment. Um, but I would like for you, I would like to be able to introduce you to my clients so that they can they can get that training from you. So, you know, you go where you're needed and and you make a difference where you can. So ShellyBauer.com is, uh, is the website and they can reach me um, also Shelly at ShellyBauer.com if they don't want to go to the website first. Um, and that's probably the best thing to do. I'm, I'm coaching as you are back to back. And the best thing to do is, uh, is send an email and then I'll get back to them as soon as I can. Promise within 24 hours. Well, from the person that talks about integrity-based communications, you can bank on that 24 hours, right, Shelly? <laughs> Thank you. Well, maybe not on the weekend, but I'll I'll respond to an email on the weekend. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Mac. It's just been delightful to to have this conversation. You know, I always like hanging out with you and and talking with you, and and it was a real privilege to be here. Well, and we appreciate you being on the show, Shelley. Have a great week. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information. And sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea, We invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options, our signature driving results on-site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on-site. 
If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.